What's good, everybody? Welcome into the Early Edge MMA style. I, of course, am the coach. We are powered by the almighty sports line, the best value in all of sports betting, and it's not close. Now, you know here at the brand, if there's a UFC card, a Bellator card, a PFL card, hell, we'll even throw out contender series picks if we have them right here at the brand. Now, we introduced you to a brand new capper a few weeks ago, and he's got off to a really, really good start, and we're excited to have him back this week. Let's bring him in right now. Andrew Gombas, welcome back to the early edge on a week where the ladies will be in the main event. What's good? It's great to be here, my friend. Thanks for having me. Ready to dive into this card. All right, let's get into it because it's a very kind of a weird card. First of all, you got the the women's main event, which is very, very cool. They don't have enough of those, but it starts at 1 p.m. Eastern with the prelims, then at 4 p.m. Eastern with the main card. Very, very important. You don't tweet at us and say, how did I miss that play? It's a really, really early start time. So let's get into the first fight. Steve Garcia, minus 310 favorite. Charlie Otaveras, plus 250, lightweights. This opens up the prelim card. Now, the numbers are pretty high. What are you looking at in this fight? Yeah, so I'm really glad we started with this fight. Funny story. So these two took very different paths to get the lightweight. We have... um we have Charlie Ontiveros, whose last fight was at middleweight, which is 185. And we have Steve Garcia, <laughs> who fought at bantamweight on the contender series at 135 last year. And Steve Garcia missed weight for that contender series fight. He won the fight, but obviously didn't get a contract because he missed weight. So he goes back to the LFA and they say, okay, you're going to go up a weight class to featherweight at 145. He misses weight at 145. And so he gets signed on short notice to the UFC to fight at 155. And his <laughs> first fight, he loses a decision to Luis Pena. And then we have Charlie Ontiveros, who is a lifelong 170 pounder for the most part at welterweight. He steps in on short notice last year to fight Kevin Holland up at middleweight. So these two are coming from very different directions in terms of weight class. So I, I think that's a very funny tidbit about the fight. Um, they've, they've got Steve Garcia as a three to one favorite right now. I personally think that's a little wide. I'm probably going to take the shot on Ontiveros if it keeps getting a little bit wider. Just the size difference alone. I mean, it's crazy. How, how often do you see guys from three, four weight classes coming up and meeting in the middle. And the guy who's smaller by that much is a three to one favorite. A little bit crazy to me, especially considering the power of Ontiveros. But I think the best way to target this fight is under two and a half rounds. I got in at minus 164. I think that that is not wide enough. You have Steve Garcia, who three out of his last four fights have ended under the 2.5 mark. And then you have Charlie Ontiveros on the other side. His last seven fights in a row have gone under 2.5. I think this one is going to be a fun fight either way. Ontiveros throws bombs. He's susceptible to getting hit. Um, I think that grappling path late might be there for Steve Garcia, but I think from money line perspective, if you're looking to play this fight, I think Ontiveros is the side. I personally think the best spot is that under two, five at minus 164. If you have access to that, if not fight doesn't go the distance in that minus 200, uh, minus 220 range, not bad at all either. Um, I, I think that's probably the angle we're looking at here. Okay. Uh, here on the show, if you're brand new and you've never done MMA betting before, kind of our baseline that we like to look at is at minus 200. It's different than football and baseball and basketball. That's a number underneath that we can play straight. Anything north of that, we like to try to find a parlay uh, for it. Great story, by the way. And you use that very important word power. And a lot of times when these type of fighters meet and one's coming up and one's coming, the power is the difference. So I'm glad you hit that, uh, hit that, uh, 
that word. All right. Now the next fight, this one has moved about 50 cents since you got it. Uh, so we're taking it off as an official play, but still the lean is there. Damon Jackson now minus minus one seventy five, taking on Charles Rosa, the underdog at plus one fifty. Flyweights also on the prelim card, but tell me why you like Damon Jackson back when it was at minus one twenty five. Yeah. So to your point, I played Damon Jackson at minus 125 about a week ago. It has obviously since moved a lot. Um, So I'm not officially tipping that here, but want to give at least the logic behind that play. So Damon Jackson is nicknamed the leech and they nicknamed him that for a reason. He he is a grappler. He gets on top of you and he he's a leech from there. And and Charles Rosa has struggled with that type of fighter. Um, We've seen it in a few of his fights recently, uh, most recently against Derek Minner kind of wrestled him, grappled him to a dominant decision, almost got a couple submissions along the way. Bryce Mitchell, same deal, grappled him bad. Um, Damon Jackson has, he was in the UFC years ago. He came back within the last couple of years. His first two fights back are, were against two brutal matchups, two guys that I'm really high on. Mirsad Bechic, who is a great grappler. Uh, he's since retired, actually, but um, Damon Jackson actually beat him in the third round by submission, which he was a massive underdog in that fight. And then he fought my favorite prospect in the UFC, who I've talked about on here before, Ilya Tapiria. Didn't go his way, but I think stylistically, this is a great spot for him. I was all over the minus 125, minus 130, hung around there for a few days, um, up to minus 180 now. So if you want to play that, if you want to play that minus 175, go for it. I wanted to make sure you have that information. Um, But I think Damon Jackson is going to win this fight. Wouldn't surprise me if he finds a submission. Wouldn't surprise me if he grinds out an easy decision as well but i think he's not outmatched on the feed either so if it stays up there i don't hate his chances either i'm gonna lay i'm gonna lay the minus 180 we say it all the time in sports betting knowledge is power and that's why you watch these shows to get the knowledge to give you all the power he just gave you three or four different ways that you could bet this fight if you choose to and make that decision for yourself. All right, let's move on. Next fight, Chris Gutierrez. He's a minus 250 favorite. Taking on Felipe Claris at plus 200 underdog. Bantamweights. I love the Bantamweights. They're quick. They're fast. Uh, final fight on the prelim card. So you know it's going to be an absolute banger. What do you like in this one? Yeah, so when when this fight got announced, I was really hoping for a good line on Chris Gutierrez. Came out at like minus 300, but it's since been bet down to minus 250. I haven't gotten on the action yet. I'm waiting on that line because I think it's going to come down a little bit more. So if you're comfortable laying that minus 250, if you want to parlay it, if you want to play it straight, go ahead and do that. I'm going to be in on the action. If I start to see it heading the other way, I'm going to take it. But just be conscious of that. Chris Gutierrez may be one of the best leg kickers in the entire UFC. I bet him against Andre Yule at minus 130. He almost kicked the poor guy's leg off. I mean, Andre Yule's a solid <laughs> fighter. He's a long rangey striker, but I knew that, that that leg kick is a differentiator for Gutierrez. He uses it better than anyone in the division. Um, he's won three out of He's quietly won four out of his last five fights and that one fight he didn't win was actually a draw. So he, he's someone to look out for. He's on a little bit of a hot streak right now and I personally, I don't think Kolaris is a bad fighter by any means. Um, he's two and two in the UFC, which isn't bad. He lost a tough one to Montel Jackson. He beat Luke Sanders, who's since retired. But I just think stylistically, the way that Kolaris stands heavy on that lead leg, it's going to make this a fun night out. 
for Chris Gutierrez. He loves he loves when guys stand heavy on that lead leg, leaves you to, leaves you susceptible to being leg kicked. So I'm I'm gonna lay this minus two fifty if the price hangs around. If it goes a little bit lower, even better. But I think Chris Gutierrez is gonna chop the lead leg down here on way to a dominant decision or probably maybe even a late finish. He's actually one of the only fighters who's finished a fight in the UFC via straight up leg kicks where the guy just no more. Oh. He can't stand up because he's kicked his legs so much. So it's a fun little tidbit as well. The one that you got a lot of good tidbits this week. The one thing I don't want, cause I I've seen enough this year is broken legs. I don't want to see any more broken. We've seen enough. We've seen enough. Chris Weidman. I don't need to see that ever, ever, ever again. So we're on Chris Gutierrez minus two fifty. Now let's move to the main card. First fight on the main card, middleweight division, Phil Haas, a minus three thirty favorite Darren Wynn plus two sixty five is the underdog. There's a lot of these. When you have these cards that, you don't have the superstars or even really the stars real quick. Do you find it harder to cap when, because when you're looking down at this card, there's no real stars on this, on this uh, uh, UFC card for Saturday. Is it easier or harder for you? It's easier for me because less there's less money coming in on these. It's easier to find an edge against the book. So there's less sharp money on both sides. And if, if you go above and beyond and do the extra mile, like I do, I I research this stuff early on. I'm watching tape, doing research. I think the opportunities are better. So I kind of live as much as I like the cards, like that UFC 266 card that we just had a couple weeks ago with Volkanovski Mm -hmm. and Ortega, as much as I love those cards, I love these ones just as much because if you dig, you're eventually going to find gold. And I think that might be what we found here. So I was, I was driving the Phil Hawes hype train pretty much a couple <laughs> fights ago. He was minus 120 against Imavov. I was all over that. Uh, people bet the other side heavy on that. Um, Hawes got the win there. He's since won another fight. And I think the time has come. I'm turning the gun on my guy. I don't know why he's a three to one favorite here. Yeah. Turning okay. the gun on him. Okay. Turning the gun okay. on him. I think that um I think that this line's too wide. I, I I get why Phil Hawes is the favorite. He has those athletic advantages. He's very explosive. Um Duran Wynn, he's very short for the weight class. You'll see the side the way the size difference looks in his fight on Saturday. But that's how every Duran Duran Wynn fight is. I mean, he's five foot eight, 185, fighting at 185 pounds. Which, wow. So he's, he's at a big reach disadvantage here, which I think sways a lot of people to play Hawes up um, to minus 330 now, but that's not new to him. He was at a massive size advantage or excuse me, a size disadvantage in his last fight against Antonio Arroyo. I was on win at, I was on win at an underdog price in that fight from a money line perspective. And I had win decision at plus 270 as well. So a little bit of David adverse Goliath there, a little bit again here, but I think this line should be a lot closer. Um, Phil Hawes, a lot of the time gets his wins by mixing in the wrestling. I don't think he could do that here. Drawn win was a standout wrestler in college and he wrestled in the senior level beyond. And he actually looks for takedowns in his own fights on the feet. I think Hawes will be dangerous early, but the longer this goes, we, we haven't really seen Hawes strike for 15 minutes. And I think that win might eventually walk him down and, and I could see the late finish happening here and I could see a decision happening as well. So like I said, Hawes probably the rightful favorite definitely too wide. So I think there's plenty of value on Duran win at this price at plus 265. And like the fight that we had talked about prior, I wouldn't be surprised if this line gets even wider. Well, I like it whenever you have something really good on the underdog because it doesn't happen very often. And this is kind of what you're talking about, that you dig and you find the holes, you find uh, the value. We love that V word, the value on certain fighters. And it certainly feels like we have value here. All right, let's move on to the next fight that you like. Tim Elliott, a plus 160 underdog against Matias Nikolai, uh, minus 190 as the favorite. These are flyweights. They're small, right? Yeah, one. 
45. Uh, this also on the main card. Now, you originally were going to play this, but you're leaning away from it because the number has moved. But still give me quickly the information on the fight, if you would. Yeah, so I, so I got in on Nikolai at minus 146 here. Um, obviously, flyweight matchup. Both these guys are fast. Um, that, that whole division's fast, really. So it's fun to watch from a fan perspective. Tim Elliott, he's got a very herky-jerky style on the feet. He's open to being hit. He looks to wrestle, get his fights to the ground. Um, he, he's lost a few in a row, but to the top of the division with Roy Val, Askarov, Davison Figueredo. But then he's bounced back very nicely against Ryan Benoit, Jordan Espinoza. Um, in this matchup, you got Nikolai on the other side, who I think just from an overall skill perspective, um, Nikolai is way more well-rounded. He's won three fights in a row, most recently beating Manel Cape. I, he's a black belt in jiu-jitsu, so I have a very hard time seeing Tim Elliott just take him down and dominate him on the ground because mm-hmm. that, that's Nikolai's world. And I think on the feet, Nikolai is clearly the better striker. So I think this, this line is a little... The current line is a better representation of the... Um, of how the fight should play out as opposed to that um, early line last week at minus 146. And again, just another thing to note, Tim Elliott's 34. He's going to be 35 soon. And I've mentioned it on this show before, but the lower you go in those divisions, the more um, people age quickly, especially when speed is such Mm -hmm. a factor. So uh, you got Nikolai on the other side, who's 28. That's right in his athletic prime. You got Tim Elliott, who's 34 going on 35. So everything about this fight tells me that Nikolai is going to win. I'm glad I got a good price on it. If you want to lay that minus 190 based on what I'm telling you, go for it. If you want to pass, go for it and just enjoy the show because I think this is going to be a fun one. Yeah, and I made a mistake. I said 145. I meant 125 for the flyweights. Featherweights are 145. My apologies. All right, let's get to the main event now. And it's rare that you have a women's main event, but I think it's pretty cool. Mackenzie Dern is a favorite at minus 170. Marina Rodriguez coming back as the underdog minus or plus 145. This is a women's strawweight division main event. What are you looking at in this fight? Yeah, so I love this fight. You've got Mackenzie Darren on one side, who's won four fights in a row, three of them by first round submission. When it comes to when it comes to grapplers in the UFC, Mackenzie Darren has some of the best pure jujitsu, not only within the women's divisions, but across the entire sport. I mean, she has all the credentials. Uh, her jujitsu background is incredible. It's on full display in every fight. She comes forward. She looks to get takedowns. And then um, from there, it's almost, <laughs> she gets, she gets you to the ground. It's not a spot you want to be with Mackenzie Darren. I don't care how good of a grappler you think you are. Then on the other side, you've got Marina Rodriguez, who's the opposite. Marina is a stud striker. I mean, she hits hard for that weight class. She's got the talent on the feet. Um, she's ripped off two wins in a row over Amanda Rebos and Michelle Waterson, which are both solid wins in the division. She actually knocked Amanda Rebos out. If you remember back on that uh, McGregor Poirier card earlier this year, back in January, sweet knockout that you normally don't see those types of knockouts at 115 pounds. But Marina has struggled a little bit with the grappling department. Um, Her loss, she has a loss to Carla Esparza who wrestled there to defeat. And then she has a draw with Cynthia Calvillo who she struggled with in the grappling department. And the difference between those girls and Mackenzie Dern Those girls have better wrestling than McKenzie, but once McKenzie gets the fight to the ground, it might only take one takedown as opposed to those girls need to get five, six, seven, eight takedowns to consistently hold Marina Rodriguez down. So from a, from a stylistic perspective, this fight, this fight is fascinating to me. I think the best angle to approach this fight is the under two and a half rounds. And I I got that at minus minus one twelve. I actually also, not all books have it, but I wanted to point it out for those of you that have access to some of the books that may have it as I took 
the not fight starts round four at minus 112 and not fight starts round five minus 160. I also like fight. Doesn't what does that mean? What, what does that mean? Sure. So not fight starts round four means the fight ends within the first three rounds of the fight. So each round being five minutes, that means that it'll end within the first 15 minutes. So the fight does not start round four. The fight's over before then it's similar to the under two, five. The only difference is under two, five is 12 and a half minutes. So that right in that halfway point of the third round. So by playing the fight doesn't start round four, you're getting an extra half round just in case. And then same thing with the fight, not starts round five is you have four rounds for it to be a finish fight doesn't go the distance self-explanatory um if the fight goes all five rounds you lose if it doesn't you win so i think all those under props are great i think the under two five it, it even money or near it is a very good spot i think that i i like to target binary fights so to speak when i look for unders when i look for a fight doesn't go the distance and what i mean by that is very pure striker versus grappler matchups where if it stays on the feet, there's a big skill gap. If it goes to the ground, there's a big skill gap. Because what that tells me is that there's an when there's that big of a skill gap, there's an increased chance of a finish. So I think if this fight stays on the feet, Marina Rodriguez is going to piece her up. And, and Mackenzie Dern is tough. So it might take, it might not be in that first round. It might not be in that first exchange. But she she was wearing damage in her last fight against um, a lesser striker than Marina. And if and if Mackenzie, we know what happens when Mackenzie gets girls to the ground. So it might only take one takedown for, for Mackenzie to find a submission. But long story short, I think the way to target this fight is looking at the under 2-5. Looking at the fight doesn't go the distance if you have it. Well, I tell you what, you answered the question I was going to ask you because so many of these uh, women's fights go the distance because they just don't have the power to finish. But you answered the question, binary and, and, and opposite. I think that makes a lot of sense. So we're going to play that under. All right, we're up against it. Grab your paper, grab your pencil. Here is the official plays. Remember, we have two that we're just leaning. So the official plays, the Garcia under two and a half, Chris Gutierrez minus 250, a Duran win plus 265. And then in that main event, Dern Rodriguez under two and a half minus 112. And you heard Andrew said, if you if you have a book that has some more exotics, you can play not to start round four, not to start round five. And then obviously two other plays that he likes. Damon Jackson is now minus 175. It started at minus 125. And then Nikolai is now up to the minus 190 number. If you're comfortable. And again, how I look at it, anything minus 200, I'm going to play it. So I'm going to play those two. But you take that for what you want. All right, I'm fired up. Remember, prelims start at 1 p.m. Eastern time, and the main card starts at 4 p.m. Eastern time from the Apex in Las Vegas. I told you, UFC, Bellator, PFL, Contender Series, we're here for you. So there's only one thing left to do. You've got your marching orders. Let's take all of these MMA, UFC tickets straight to the pay window. For my man, Andrew Gambas, for the jeweler, Puts it all together here at the brand. It doesn't matter the sport. It doesn't matter the day we're here. We're grinding and we grind for you. So thanks for rolling with us. Best of luck. Tell your friends your favorite sports betting show of record. There's only one. We like to call it the early edge. Good luck. Good luck.